August 30th, 2018, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference. The first and only live conference 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership, as well as a track for individual sales development representatives, including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to tenboundcom slash conference to get your tickets today. That's tenboundcom slash conference. You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at TenBound.com, David Delaney. Hello, 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 everybody. This is David Delaney with another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I am joined by a new friend of mine who I was just introduced to, but I've been diving in on some of his content, and I think you guys will really enjoy what he has to say. Mr. Kyle Van Voris, the SDR manager with Forasol. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I, I'm excited that we could make this happen. Kyle, you had originally posted about a book that you put out that I want to go into and and talk about that you just produced. But if folks aren't familiar with you, give us a quick background on Kyle and how you got involved in the sales development world. Absolutely. So I definitely a, a unique path. I started my career as more of a comedian than an actual salesperson. So when I was going through college, I actually dropped out to pursue comedy. And at the same time, I was working at a gym selling gym memberships. And I realized I was very, very good at the sales process. I had a good sense of humor, high EQ. I was able to excel in that environment. And I was fortunate enough to have some of my mentors go over to a company called Intuit. They make QuickBooks TurboTax. So I followed them over there, and that's where I started as an SDR. And I was able to move through the SDR program that they had in place there. It was all hierarchy, so you would advance through the different stages of their SDR program, and then you'd be promoted to an account executive. I did that. Afterwards, I moved on to another startup where I eventually decided to write about what I'm really passionate about, which is sales development. And more specifically within sales development is the role itself, how to succeed and the importance of that role and what impact it has on your overall career. I believe that the better equipped you are and the more training you have as a sales development rep, the more successful you'll be in sales long term. So that's why I wrote the book called The Committed. I love it. Okay, dude, we're on the same page there. And I'm so glad that you could come on the show because I want to unpack a few of these things. Number one, going back a little ways in your career, combining the comedy background with the gym membership selling. Uh, <laughs> that's really interesting because I think that comedy is kind of an underrated 
part of sales. I think because we're under so much pressure mm -hmm. to deliver the goods every day that it's kind of not funny after a while. <laughs> like, like you're sure, feeling the sure. pressure. So, how sure. did you how did you intertwine those two? Well, what's really interesting about comedy is like anything else where it's based on, you know, your performance and it's a lot of, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of focus to be good at it. It requires a lot of discipline. So when I was doing comedy and I still perform from time to time and it hasn't been for a few years now, but I will hop on stage occasionally. It's the same thing as, as being a sales development rep in, in a lot of ways. So the main way is it takes actions that don't necessarily yield the best results. But you have to keep redoing it and keep doing the same thing over and over again. And it's almost against the common wisdom. Do the same thing over and over again until you get different results, right? Like you would tweak little things about the joke. You do open mic nights. And since there's so many variables, much like a cold call, right, you could have a bad crowd or I, as a comedian, could be in a bad mood. So you got to take those elements and underneath it all is just the discipline to constantly be writing and constantly improving, listening to yourself, adapting based on the situation on stage or off. Those sort of things translate really well to sales. And what I found is by being very strict with my process and being very disciplined, those activities, even though they might not yield immediate results, over time, things kind of fall into place, if that makes sense. Absolutely does. I mean, I, I heard a great tip. I think it was from Jerry Seinfeld where he had the calendar out and he was just mm -hmm. like, I'm going to write one joke a day, no matter what, no matter right. how, if I feel like it or not, and try to make an X every day and never break the X. Mm -hmm. And it is very similar in that discipline because, you know, you wake up, you're like, I'm not funny today. You know, right. <laughs> like right. I am not feeling it. But as SDRs, we, we got to keep going, even though we, we got to keep that chain going. Absolutely. So it is similar. And, you know, also, yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, you know, we're in the failure business to some extent. Right. I yeah. mean, we we're, we're yeah. keep going out and failing. You fail so many times that you finally figure out what's working. And I mm -hmm. think people give up, you know, pretty easily there too. Well, absolutely. It, especially, you know, what I've noticed is you hire a lot of people, especially in San Francisco, a lot of really, really smart, educated people from great colleges, and they want to get into sales. And it can take a long time to wrap your head around something that this is what I say all the time. What works best doesn't work all the time. And it feels like a lot of spent energy for a result that in the grand scheme of things isn't as large as one may want it to be. I might have to make 100 calls a day in order to book a meeting a day. In some industries, 100 calls a day will give me two meetings a day. Either way, a lot of effort for little reward. And it can be very hard to wrap your mind around, okay, here I am, cold calling, fighting for small percentage points increase on productivity, not silver bullet. And I think a lot of people chase the silver bullet and that's what causes the frustration, the downward spiral, and ultimately choosing that it's not the right path for you. No, for sure, man. I mean, there's been a whole industry that's cropped up over the last like 10 years of silver bullet. There's like a silver bullet <laughs> industry and every yeah. couple of years, right. a new Empires company, <laughs> right? a new companies, you know, come out and they're just like, we're going to solve all your issues for you. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and there, there's a ton of hype. They get a bunch of funding. They either, 
you know, do really well or they don't. But there's almost this like silver bullet industry that's been built right. around sales development. And also, I'm just thinking, you know, I do interim management for, for companies when they're mm-hmm. between SDR managers. And, you know, people that sales development reps are looking for the answer. And mm-hmm. you, you could give them an answer and it's like, well, I don't really like that answer. So I'm going to look right. for another answer. And then I'm going right. to get upset with you because you're not giving me the answer that's giving me the silver bullet. And instead, it's like, dude, you got to look in the mirror and like, you kind of got to gut it out. Yeah, absolutely. Like what you said, you know, the companies come out and they're like, we will solve all of your problems for you. Except they're not solving the core issue, which is between the ears, right? It's, it's all about what's going on inside that yields performance. Right. If you want to be a top performer, if you interview top performers, I, you know, there's a thousand books on this topic. It's because it's not because they have a secret they're not telling you. Right. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. because they have a mindset that you don't share in common in some cases or you share in, in common and then you do better because of it. Yes. Tell me more about that, because that is sort of the unspoken thing. I mean, maybe because I'm in a Silicon Valley bubble, it's always like if you install this or you analyze you know, sure. that or you put in this new tool, like you're going to solve all your problems. And I, I was pissed today. Like I was on Twitter and there's this one company. Oh I love them. I know. <laughs> That's the lesson <laughs> from today. Don't go on Twitter. But yeah. I, I love this company, but they keep putting out this stuff that's like, you know, we're going to build you a million dollars worth of pipeline overnight while you sleep. And it's just like, fuck, I, I just feel like you're doing a disservice because, you know, you, people just buy into this. But you said the word mindset. And I think that that's an ignored topic in sales development. Tell me more about that. Well, when it comes to, to mindset, it is. It's And I don't know if it's ignored it almost seems a little harsh. It's just it's forgotten. I mean, it's just not, it, people don't think about the Do you think power. It's, it's too woo woo. Like it's it too is a little hippy, bit. dippy. Okay. Go maybe, ahead. maybe, but we're also in the hippy dippy capital of the world. So it shouldn't be too far off, you know, where, <laughs> uh, where our heads already are at. But you look at, um, you look at a lot of this stuff, even, even, you know, companies saying they're going to build us a million dollars worth of pipeline overnight. It's just catering to the common human desire, which is the path of least resistance, right? We are optimized human beings. We want the path of least resistance. And that comes, right? We'll, we'll spend more energy searching for that path than we will just being on the path that might be a little bit harder, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's funny how that, how that works. And we know the power of mindset already. You know, there's been a lot of, there, there was a study last year talking about mindsets control the mindset. It actually controls the effect that stress has on your body. And if you have a positive outlook to a stress, for example, let's say you perceive stress as being an enhancing piece of your life, then it actually increases your performance on cognitive tasks and you'll have more positive emotions during stressful situations. And just chemically things change, different hormones are produced. If you perceive stress as debilitating, you're actually going to suffer more from the stress. It's going to heighten your cortisol that doesn't happen if you view stress as an enhancing experience. Your attention is actually going to decrease. It's all negative. And that directly linked to mindset is something that's like, wait, what? Just because I think differently about something means that what happens in my body is different. Like my, my state changes. That's pretty amazing. You're right. little hippy-dippy maybe. Just because we can't track it with ones and zeros doesn't mean it's not true. You know? 
so what you're saying is your mind, how you're thinking and how you're controlling the mindset is actually then translating to regulation of how your body is producing different responses. Absolutely. There's a study about this last year. I, I can send it to you afterwards. It was really interesting. And what they found is that the group of individuals who perceived stress as enhancing when undergoing a stress or when experiencing a stress response, their body reacted differently than those individuals who perceived stress as bad for them. It's pretty it's a pretty amazing thing. And there's multiple examples of the mind's control over the body. Muscle fatigue, for example. If you're in the gym and you're deadlifting, your muscle's gonna stop working at a certain point. If we keep deadlifting, 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 your muscle's gonna give out, right? Total fatigue, ooh, and you're gonna drop the weight. Did that muscle just stop working? Right, that's a question. A long time ago, they did a study on this, where I think it was in the fifties. Where does the muscle stop working? So they tested it. They trained an athlete to exhaustion. Exhaustion, their muscle, boom, failed. Extreme fatigue, and then they used electrodes to put to see if the muscle would respond, and it did. So the muscle wasn't not working. What they found, this was the beginning, and then what they did with a bunch of other research, what they discovered was that your mind is actually stopping your muscle from working from fatigue so you don't injure yourself. This is very common, and, and uh, a lot of it has okay. to do with ego. A lot of it's ego. Okay. All right. So I want to dive into that. But first, if you're an SDR and you're sitting there going, okay, I know that my mindset has been negative. I'm looking for the silver bullet. I, I don't. How do you get excited about coming in and having to contact people that aren't necessarily interested in your product at the time. How do you get, how do you change that mm -hmm. mindset? Purpose. You have to have a purpose. Okay. What do you, why do you do what you do? It's the most important piece. And if you don't know your purpose, which a lot of people probably don't, there's exercises you can do to, that'll walk you through how to, to develop a purpose. But if you don't have a purpose, it's going to be impossible because people work better when they're not just working for themselves, when they're working for a higher purpose. That's why a lot of, you know, you see like a lot of companies, larger companies push charity programs, right? They give back. Giving back is really, really, really important. And there's a lot of benefits on for, for the individual. Not to say that these companies started these programs just to improve their employees' performance, but it does have an impact, absolutely. When you feel like you're doing good and you're doing things for a higher purpose beyond yourself, you actually can push yourself further. Stress impacts you less. You avoid burnout more. So there's a lot of science behind the power of purpose and how you need to link. There's actually a great book on this is Peak Performance. I don't know if you've read that one. They have a whole chapter about purpose and, and how powerful that could be. Peak performance. Oh, okay. Do you know who that, who's the author of that one? Yeah, it's Brad Stolberg and I should test testing my knowledge. It's okay. It's called Peak Brad performance. Stolberg and Steve Magnus. Yeah, it's okay. called Peak Performance. Steve Magnus is the other author. Okay. That is something definitely we should check out because, okay, so you, your purpose, and that reminds me of Salesforce. I think Salesforce has done a tremendous job of this. I mean, and it's almost like, it's almost like a cult and, and that's in, in the best way possible sure. of anyone listening that's in Salesforce. But because they had that 1%, you know, of 
equity and time and, and I don't know how they set it up, but it was like 1% is going to be focused on helping the community. And, mm-hmm. and you can't go a day without some, they've made, even today, I saw a thing by Mark Benioff where they, they had donated like $30 million to get homeless people off the street That's in awesome. San Francisco or something like that. And, and so they've baked that purpose into the culture of the company. But if somebody, you know, if they're like, why do I do this? Why am mm-hmm. I doing this? What is the greater purpose that will drive me to, you know, make another call or, you know, interact more? How do they go about finding that? That is tough. So like I was saying before, there are exercises you can do. What are your core values? Now, if someone has never thought about this stuff before in their entire life, it's going to take a lot more research. But these are some things that we know. Like, What are some core values that you never break? Right? Are you honest? And that's just part of your core, the core of your being. Then honesty is one of your core values. Have five of them. And then really distill down, like, why do you go into work every single day? What kind of impact are you trying to make, not on your your own personal development, right? That's important, but that's not what the exercise is for, but really trying to understand what can I do to help others? And it goes broader. Some people work hard for their family, right? I I have a daughter. I know you have a, a child as well. When my daughter was born, I felt more involved in work. I wanted to work harder. Right. Some people have, oddly enough, some people have the opposite response. But I think for the good majority of people, it's a big motivator. You're working for your daughter. But why are we working? Is it because I want to put food on the table? Sure. Yeah, that's a good surface level reason. Right. But it's also because when my daughter's growing up, I want her to have someone that she can look at and say, you know what? My dad's a rock star. And whatever that, whatever the definition is for you, right? It's different for, for everyone. Not everyone needs to achieve, you know, the maximum level of success. I would argue that. It's a good thing that we don't all achieve <laughs> maximum level of success, you know, culturally viewed. But what's your individual goal, right? And why do you fight for what you fight for? And sometimes it's, you know, daughter, relative, something like that. Sometimes it's, you know, religion. Other times it's just because this is the type of person I am and I hold myself to account- accountable to these core values and I live by them because I want to make sure that everyone who interacts with me experiences this, whatever that is for you. Nice. Okay. So that's a good place to start. So say you're, you're struggling and you're going, you know, this is just, this is slog, man. This is too hard. I'm, I'm missing my number. Like what, what's the, and then you're reaching out to people and you're just not getting the answers that, that are working for you. What's the first like couple of things that they should do to kind of break out of that and mm-hmm. start to try to find what their purpose is? Yeah. So the first, I think the first thing, or, I mean, you always have to control the controllables. So I look at environment and I look at who I surround myself with. You know, the old adage of, you know, you're the average of the five people you hang out with most. I mean, that's probably the most true piece of advice <laughs> I've ever received in my life. And if you're around negative people, you will be negative. It's just proven. Yeah. Where where are you working? What's your environment like? Is it messy? not messy and be intentional about your environment. That's something that I think is really, really important because as humans, cues are really, really important to us, right? If you go and you sit in the same spot and you work in the same place every single day, your body ends up adapting and knowing that this is where I do work. And I don't, I don't have my phone on the desk. I don't have, you know, Facebook on my laptop. I sit here. This is where I do my work. There's benefits of getting out of that environment from time and uh, from times when you're, you know, feeling a little bit stuck. But prolonged exposure to the same environment 
the same habits, we adapt to it and our body gets into the mode of producing quality work if we can stay consistent about the environment that we do that quality work. Now, back to purpose, there's a few steps. This is all also, I, I'm going from memory here, so don't hard quote me on this, but I really like how the book Peak Performance breaks it down where they talk about your core values, writing them down. Is it achievement? You know, humor is one of mine, positivity, commitment, honesty. You can go on and on. What are your, your uh, core values? And then writing a sentence or two about each core value, make it very personal to you. You know, for example, humor, I would say that everyone I interact with laughs and feels that they're in a better state than they were before. That would be something that would be important to me. And that's why humor is one of my values. Then you rank your values. What's the most to the least? And maybe there's five values, six values, whatever it is. And then from those values, when you fully have a, you have an understanding of like, okay, these are the things, not the things you wish were true. These are the things that are true, right? I'm honest. I commit. I bring positivity to others. You know, I focus on learning and self-improvement, whatever those five values are. Then you just distill that down into one sentence, two sentences. That is your purpose. Why do I do what I do? Is it because I want to share my humor with the world or, or share positivity with the world and, and lift people up who might not be feeling great? Perfect. Whatever it is for you, that's what you write down and you put it everywhere. What's your wallpaper? What's your background on your phone right now, right? <laughs> if your right. background on your phone is anything but reminding you of what you do every day and how it's important to the larger picture, if it's not that, then it's a waste of space. Right? We have this phone that we look at constantly, yet I still see the default. I see people with their phone background as a default bubbles or whatever it starts with. <laughs> you know, it's like, why don't we put something on there that reminds us of, of who we are and what we do this for? You know? Yes. So, anyway, that, that's what I think is most important is to constantly remind yourself. And, you know, journaling is something that I think is really valuable. This is something also that people say they want to commit to, but we procrastinate and we don't fully commit to it all the time. But I think it could even be simpler. And they talk about this in that book as well, which is, did I live with purpose today? So you think about whatever the what whatever your purpose is, what you're working for, and did I today, did I live with purpose? It's a simple question. Rate yourself from one to ten and then write why you gave yourself that rating and what you can do to increase it next time. Do that for thirty days. How are you not a different person? Right? If you journal for three months and have that sort of reflection, you talk and you, you write down what you're grateful for, what you can be doing to improve, how is it possible after three months you're the same person? It's just not, in my view. August 30th, 2018, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference. The first and only live conference 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership, as well as a track for individual sales development representatives including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to tenboundcom conference to get your tickets today. That's tenboundcom conference. It's not. And this is amazing because it's also very distracting and 
it's easy to get sucked down into a negative spiral if you aren't controlling <clears throat> the reminders. So I think that a lot of people are, are very, you know, almost like sleepwalking in a way because they're letting external things, you know, guide their values to some extent. And just because they don't take intentional steps mm -hmm. to control what you're talking about right now. Have you seen that? Yeah, I think an element of sleepwalking is prevalent in every industry as well. It's not just exclusive to sales development. I, I actually think you get punished more in the, in the world of sales development <laughs> for, for that kind of action than you would in other places. You know, you can be at a job for 20 years and be sleepwalking for 10 of them. It creates an environment where you become okay with staying stagnant. And that might be fine. I'm, trust me, I, you, no one can judge someone else <laughs> based on the life that they choose. What we can say is, are you settling or are you content and happy? Because if you're happy working the same job for 20 years and that's what you want to do and you take vacations every year, you spend a lot of time with family and you're genuinely happy, good. Do more of that, right? <laughs> right. Stay, stay the same. But if you are at a place right now where you're not where you want to be and you want to grow more, then you have no excuse. You need to be journaling every day. You need to be reading books. I mean, it's, it's crazy to me how many books are out there that lay out the answers to, to every question you could ever want that we don't read, that no one reads anymore. It's like, it's crazy. There's more to life than just a YouTube video, right? There's more details than YouTube videos. So go seek them out. And I think if, if you're not doing that, it's a big mistake and you're limiting your growth. So if growth is your goal and you want to improve, then you need to be taking every advantage. You need to optimize for it. But most importantly, you need to be disciplined and you need to actually commit to what you say you're going to do. If you're going to journal every day, journal every day. If you're going to make 100 calls, if you're going to make 80 calls, you're going to make 80 calls. I mean, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Down to the very basics. It's discipline. And mm -hmm. the hardest commitments to keep are the ones to ourselves. It's always been that way. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, this is amazing. It's very easy to let yourself off the hook. You know, it's, it's one of the easiest things, of course. but there's a, a couple of like one phrase that I'm thinking of as I'm, I'm hearing you is discipline equals freedom. Mm -hmm. And it sounds very militaristic. It's from Jocko Wilnick. Yes. Extreme, yes. Extreme ownership. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yes. You know, but it's really true. And, it, and another great thing that you mentioned is it's, it's easy to judge other people. Like you're looking mm -hmm. externally, but the hardest thing is to turn the mirror on yourself <laughs> and really, really examine, yeah. am I disciplined? Mm -hmm. Am I keeping my commitments to myself, right? Am I achieving yeah. the discipline so that I can achieve freedom? And, and if you really take a hard look in the mirror, you know, sometimes you're pretty easy on yourself. Well, we are. We let ourselves get away with everything because it's us. We're more, more so nobody's, comfortable. Nobody's going to hold you to it. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, we're just too close to it. You know, it's like if you read a, you know, leadership, I think Jocko's book talks about this too, is if you get too close with the team, you're some, a member of your team and you're a leader, it can be a, it gets a lot harder to give real, honest, constructive criticism. It gets a lot harder. You live with yourself 24 seven. 
of course it's hard to give yourself that honest criticism. That's why you need other people to do it in many cases. That's why coaches are important, mentors are important, because it can be really hard to turn the mirror and look at ourselves. But you got to be honest. If you make a commitment, if you're listening to this, you're like, all right, I'm going to journal now, for example, then you need to journal every day. And, and that's it. There's no like, okay, I'm going to try journaling. It's like I journal every day now. It's just what I do. I take five minutes at home right before bed or first thing in the morning and I journal because it's what I do. And you commit to it and you don't let you let yourself off the hook. You just don't do it. If you miss it, good. You're back on the next day. We all make mistakes, but we do not break the commitments to ourselves. And if you can have that policy, and I know Jocko's a huge fan of this, if you can have that policy that you don't break commitments to yourself, then I think you'll be in a way, way better place. And it'll just accumulate over time and just get better and better and better and better because it's just who you are. Well, one way to think of it too is like the commitments that you make to your boss or you know your supervisor mm-hmm. or whoever you're working with, take those commitments and then make them a higher commitment to yourself. I mean, right. this is like this is like next level shit right here. Right? Yeah, yeah, but, you know, ownership. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like make the commitment to yourself even higher and work on that discipline, that daily discipline, never, never letting a day go by when you don't check a big red X on your calendar of right, whatever right. it is. You know, journaling, t- talking to more people, making more calls, right. like saving whatever, money, you know, say, any of that stuff. Exercising, yeah. you know, it's an upward spiral. Yeah. And of course it is. Of course it is. It's, it's so funny when I, when I really think, you know, my dad growing up used to say this, this to me all the time, which was I would, I would have frustrations or I wouldn't be doing things. And he would just say, why don't you do X? Why don't you work out every day? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm so busy. You know, it's, it's tough to work in my schedule. He's like, okay, but if you, if you work out every single day in three months, will you be the same person? No, the answer is no. You might, yeah, maybe you'll look different. Like that's obviously true, but you will not in your brain, you will not be the same person. Your outlook will change because discipline, because you're holding yourself accountable to something. And that is proven time and time again in my life and lives of other people who execute on, on discipline in their personal life. I mean, you, you hear about this all the time and it's a really, really powerful concept. Oh my God, dude, this is amazing. I, I could talk about this all day with you and I, it's a good reminder for me and for everybody listening, like how are you holding yourself accountable and, and mm-hmm. are, are you really thinking through this stuff? Got some great book ideas. I want to talk about, you know, Cold to Committed, man. I mean, sure, sure. What, this is a book that Kyle wrote and initially what I found out about, I'm really enjoying this. Tell us about how you conceptualize this. Why did you write it? And then mm-hmm. take us through the process of, you know, getting from Cold to Committed. Yeah, absolutely. So the reason I wrote it is because it can be challenging if you go to a place with no training to get started as an SDR. You don't know much. A lot of times when we go and we watch webinars and just take in chunks of content, they don't all flow together. So I wanted to write a book that's basic. That's basic. If you've been an SDR for a year, probably not the book for you. But if you go to a place and you don't have much structure and you need to figure out how to do it and you don't have much experience, then it's the book to read. It's just saying, hey, do this. Is it a perfect system? No, but it'll get you going. And I think the hardest thing that everyone has is that initial get the wheels of the train moving, right? How do we get the train going? It takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of action, most importantly. So I just laid it out. Hey, this is what you do. You know, Organize your leads. Mark them. Make calls. 
who are you going to call? Send some emails. And it just walks you through what to do in order to get started and see the train start moving. And then you can get more advanced. There's a lot of books out there for that. Of course. And it's, it reminds me of a rocket. And I felt like, you know, just starting this company over the last couple of years that the major amount of effort goes in it, when the rocket is on the ground still, right? right? To right. try and get it in. <laughs> and, and especially if you're coming in and there's not a, a lot of great structure, you don't have a lot of handholding, you're kind of on your own to sink or swim. <laughs> this provides a roadmap to follow in that first year where you can be like, okay, I know what I need to do every day. Combine that with the, the discipline on a daily basis to execute on this stuff. And it can get that, you know, that flywheel moving, as you said. Absolutely. Yeah. It's basics. It's not, there's no silver bullets in there. You know, we barely even talk about cadences. You know, I don't even really address it that much. I say, here's a simple cadence, follow it manually or use a tool if you have one, but it's mostly just about the basic stuff that honestly started the SDR role. And the reason why it's still a role, which is make calls, man. Ask good questions. (laughs) It's like super simple stuff. Sometimes it gets lost, especially when you're doing research where everyone's talking about this high level, these high level strategies and these little tips and tricks. It's like, okay, well, what's the foundation? How do you you bring it all all together into a roadmap so that you can follow and and refer back to? Exactly. Um, It's been amazing. And let me ask you this. So, So you came in at Intuit, right? In the, in the SDR program, how was that set up? And, you know, did they have some kind of book like this where, you know, you kind of had a roadmap or a manual, Mm -hmm. or was it just a very regimented program that you went through? How did, how was that set up? Yeah, very, very regimented. So we had training, we, and we had, depending on where we were in our sales development, there were different uh, tiers, you know, tier one, two, and three. And everyone starts off basic and you have to do more trainings than the other tiers. Maybe the micro promotions, you get little raises every time you move up the tier. So there's a ton of training, which is an incredible benefit for me. Without the training from Intuit, I would not be anywhere near where I am today. So that was really, really valuable. On the flip side of that, people were leaving left and right. It was the classic high SCR turnover that we talk about, 60% in the industry, whatever the average is. I might have dropped. Maybe it's more 50 now. But mm-hmm. it was high turnover. And what's funny about – or not funny but interesting about that is we all – for the most part, we all had the same tools. They said make 80 calls a day minimum. You're booking meetings. Okay, make sure your call during the best times that your prospects are available. Make sure you go to trainings. It's mm-hmm. simple stuff. Mm-hmm. And – it was pretty black and white in my mind. They had it all down to math and science, right? So I'm just going to make over 80 calls a day. At first, I wasn't as good as the phone as the people who had been there six months. So I was making over 100 calls a day. I had to. My conversion was lower. If I want to hit the numbers I'm supposed to hit, then there's no choice, right? Yeah. Go to trainings. But don't even just go. Take action and listen and, and uh, get better and apply whatever you learn in training onto the phones. I mean, it's very simple. Boom. Just keep repeating that process. Learn, apply, learn, apply, learn, apply, activity, activity, activity. And you'll hit your number. It's just math. It's a numbers game. We always say that, but we sometimes downplay it a little bit. At the end of the day, it's a numbers game. You have lower conversion. You need to make more activities. If you have higher conversion, you could make less or you can make more and then you'll be a superstar, right? Mm. Basic. Just following the rules. Turnover was, was really high. You know, what do you think happened? So I've got two questions. Tell sure. me about the training. 
that you went okay. through? What, what it, how, how frequent was it? What did it look like? And then with 50% of the people leaving, what happened? Okay, so that's two questions, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the 50%, like the turnover problem is just, you know, it's my, I just think it's mindset. I, I've yeah. always just thought it was mindset. Did you, I mean, did you make less calls than other people? What time did you get into the office? What time did you leave? Right. How focused on your work were you when you were there? I mean, this is just, that's just what I think. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure the individuals have, <laughs> have a different, a different reason, but you know, maybe they look back on it now and they're like, okay, well I could have given it more effort, but that's, I think a big part of that. When it comes to the training, it was like the first three months were to, I have to remember, I actually modeled my training program a lot out, uh, after it. So the first three months is, it was three hours a week. Uh, it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it was all basic cold calling fundamentals, asking open-ended questions, how to get through gatekeepers, intro, like what's the best intro to say, how do you close, how do you ask for the meeting, it's very, very basic fundamental stuff. And then when you got to the next level, it dropped down to like two hours a week, and you would go on, you'd talk about more advanced stuff, finding the gap, right? Where are you now? Where would you like to be? Okay, what are you doing to get there? You know, more advanced question asking and then kind of figuring out the pain. It was very focused on, you know, question-based selling, spin selling, I don't know, X selling, and they probably talk about asking good questions. <laughs> right. And after that, it'd be one hour a week. And then we talk about even more power statements, you know, how do you um, handle hostile prospects, things like that. And then you get promoted from there. You wouldn't have to do training anymore. And along the way, in order to go from one stage to the next – you had to give call recordings of you doing or you implementing the techniques that we talk about. That was a big one. A lot of call listings as a team. So their, their training program was really robust. Nice. And, and then so you base that, you know, moving forward, you kind of base that in, in some version on the teams that you were running. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I always tell them, I'm like, this is just my version of what I went through. Because yeah. I think it's really important. Because I, I, you know, and the reason I ask is I'm, I'm just such a huge advocate of making the sales development position like almost like a training ground, you know, just, yeah, just yeah. learning development, you know, learning as much as you can about the industry and, and objection handling and making calls and, <laughs> and all that stuff. Because it's like, it's almost like a, in a sports analogy where they're constantly training. I mean, can you imagine yeah. like not training and, and, and trying to run a sports team. <laughs> right, like, right. All Chaos. they do is train. Or if you look at like a fire station, like, mm. you know, they're constantly training, 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 training. Right, right. I'm sure that they're tired of it after a while, but it's like in that moment that there's actually a building on fire, it's got to be like muscle memory to some point. And it yeah. seems like in the sales development world, we just don't put enough emphasis on it, the constant training. You know, it's more right. like just you have to be in production like 7.5 hours of the day, you know, right, and then right. take a lunch break. Right. And, yeah, it's, yeah. And it's so. fun. The funniest thing about that too is it's the role in the organization that we're trusting with our first impression. That's the crazy yes. thing. Yeah. We trust them with our first impression. Mm -hmm. Hi, meet for us all. And we're not going to train them. We're going to hope mm -hmm. they figure it out. It's insanity. It's complete insanity. You wouldn't expect that in any other role. You wouldn't just not train your salespeople when they hired. Could you imagine getting hired a job and they don't train you at all? Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> hey, you're a salesperson now. Here's your laptop. And that was it. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What exactly? How, do, how does our product work? Right? <laughs> you have so right. many questions. It'd be, it'd be insanity. And yeah. to not 
you know, extend that olive olive branch, <laughs> which it shouldn't even be, to the sales development is just I, I just think it's lazy. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's planting the seeds too. I think on one hand, people look at it like, well, if fifty percent of the people are going to leave. Mm-hmm then why would we invest in this? Let's just get them on the phone and whoever's good will stick around and then right. we'll train them later. But 50% it's, yeah. leave because you don't invest in them. Right. It's like chicken or the egg, which is yeah, going to be. so silly. But so, and then I, I, know, I know we're up against the hour, but one other question, how do you organize everything in, like, do you have a playbook that you walk around with like a big binder with a bunch of paper sticking out of it? Do you have a, a Google <laughs> yeah, Doc? Um, I wish. Do you use this? one of the programs, like how do you organize everything into something that's useful for that? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a sales wiki page that I developed. That's where I hold everything in there. So scripts, process, training materials, like everything is all in one place. And the SDRs are able to access that at any time and search through it. So that's as far as like what they do. It's sort of a playbook, but it's not it's structured like all the other playbooks are. I don't know. I just liked it better as like more of a wiki than I did like a uh, binder to hand out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I do. That's what I do there. And it works pretty well when the, the most challenging are as a startup, you know, we have to make changes, change, you know, our we, we, if we make like a big change to how we prospect or we change segments or industries, you know, or due to territory shift, then things get mixed up a little bit. But for the most part, we keep that updated and yeah. it's a source of truth. Yeah, I'm almost envisioning it like, you know, on, on the process side, it's like a series of PowerPoint decks. You know, it's just like, right, right. okay, this is the process now. Use only this PowerPoint deck and everything just keeps moving down, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the history section. But it's like the latest and greatest can be housed in a wiki. So I like that. That's That's a good that's a good tip. But Kyle, dude, this has been amazing. I've got a whole page of notes here. I'm sure everyone is going to run out and get your book and Peak Performance, which looks like an amazing resource as well. Thank you so much for being on the show. And you're over on on LinkedIn if people want to hook up with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Follow me on LinkedIn. I'll follow back. And then I'll look forward to your prospecting email (laughs) a week after that. (laughs) But yeah, I appreciate appreciate it too, Dave. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.